0: Welcome to Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, a ridiculously awesome podcast bursting with insightful commentaries and intriguing conversations on the topics and issues that are on the minds of marketers, advertisers, social media, and PR professionals today. Hey everybody, this is Bob Cargill from Bob Cargill's Marketing Show. Hey, I hope you are all happy, healthy, safe, and sound. You know how much I care about your well-being. I care about everybody's well-being, including myself. I have to look after myself. We all have to look after ourselves and one another. That's the most important thing. It really is. And and then comes everything else and and what everything else includes today for me is my podcast Bob Cargill's marketing show. It's May 26, 2023, and we're talking about episode 173. Cannot believe that. Over 5 years have I been doing this and sometimes I do monologues. I've been doing the the monologues Quite a bit the last year or two. I also, as you know, do a lot of those short sound bites, two, three minutes long, lessons, case studies, et cetera. But I love the interviews the best. The interviews are awesome. I've probably done, I'm guessing, 50 plus of them. And and it always gives me time to get to know people, usually who I already know, but I get to know them so, so much better. And they're people that I really want my audience to get to know because I think these people are very, very, very special usually in the marketing the social media world in which i work in which i earn my livelihood in in today no no um nothing uh, let, let, let's just say this is just another real really special person that that i i know i have i can call a colleague i i work with kim at, at suffolk university we're both professors they are adjunct professors but in terms of it it Kim fits right in the under the aegis of people I think super highly of people I've wanted to have on my podcast for a long time. And when I asked her, I said, "I can't believe I haven't asked you to be on my podcast sooner." Hey, everybody, this is Kimberly Ring, Kim Ring, and she has her own agency, Ring Communications. As I already said, she works at Suffolk University, like I do as an adjunct professor. Um, I looked into your background. Kim, a little bit further this morning on on LinkedIn. And so I can say, unless correct me if I'm wrong, that you're a graduate of Florida State University and and Emerson University in Boston and unbelievable background, but more importantly, unbelievable person is Kim Ring. Say hello, Kim, to everybody. Hi, and
1: Bob, you said we were colleagues, but I think you left out that we're friends. So I think that that should come first and everything else should follow suit after that.
0: Love that. I agree. I'd like to say that we're very, very, very good friends, even though we've only known each other a couple of years um through thanks to Suffolk University. I'm gonna get to know you even more today, Kim. And I, I'm so happy anyone who's watching, anyone who's listening will get to know you a lot more. I I start off every one of my podcasts, Kim, with just an open-ended question. And you can take this in any direction you'd like you can talk for 30 seconds or even say three minutes plus whatever tell us about your background your journey from you can take it all the way back to birth till now or once you started your career or just give us an encapsulation of who is Kim Ring
1: (laughs) yeah I mean it's an inter you know my journey's been interesting um I I always you know I loved school I was not the best student, um, but I always loved school. I've always loved learning and and all of that. Um, So I went through high school, and after high school, I I went to um, Seton Hall University in New Jersey for my freshman year of college. I was only 17. I'd never lived away from home. It was a really um, challenging school, I had to work, you know. I paid my way through college, so I had to. I had to work, so I worked at the mall. So, you know, at seventeen, living in New Jersey by yourself, taking the bus, you know, towns away to go to the mall. As much as I loved school and I loved being around people, um, it was just very. It was a lot. So, after you know my freshman year of college, which is really when I started kind of coming, you know, a little bit into myself. Um, I took a year off and I worked in a restaurant, which I still attribute most of the skills that I have, despite being going to college, going to grad school, working so many years, to the things that I, I did learn um, in the hospitality field. So for that year, which back then, they weren't called gap years, you know? I, and I I praise our students all the time for rebranding that, Um, You know, when I took the year off, my parents were, oh, she's dropping out. She's probably not going to go back. If you take a year off, you're never going to go back. The, the mentality around taking a year off to figure out kind of who you are so you can be a better student didn't really exist. Uh, So after a year, I decided to go back to school and I went down to Florida State, which is one of the places that I really wanted to go. It was where I'd intended to go after high school. But again, I was really young my birthday felt that weird time where everybody else was 18 I was still 17 and and I wasn't ready at that point so after a year of working and kind of figuring it out I, I felt like I was ready to go back to school so I picked up and moved down to Tallahassee and I pretty much stayed there for you know the the remaining two and a half years of college I came back here and there but I really um, tried to lean in because, like I said, I did. I really did love school. Even if I wasn't, you know, even if I was a B.C. sometimes A student, I just the environment, the people, everything about it, I just loved. Uh, so while I was at Florida State, I, I kind of knew I was going to be good. I mean, I've always been good at people. Um, I just didn't know really what a career being good at people kind of looked like. And when I was at Florida State, I started really kind of trying to figure out, okay. What else are my skills and how do they all align? Uh, I was a really good writer, and I still love to write. and i I, you know, Bob, we're so busy, you know, i I get I wish I wrote more. You know, i I wish I went back to that where I was journaling all the time and doing all those things. And I was a really good writer, so I had originally said, "You know what? I think I'd be a really good speech writer. So I kind of started off at Florida State. I was like, my path is gonna be, I'm going to be a political speech writer. Um, I remember hearing the uh, Ronald Reagan speech after the, the Challenger shuttle blew up and and um, slipped the surly hands of earth to touch the face of God. And and there were just like things that, that stuck with me and I wanted to be that. However, uh, I took one political science class and realized I knew nothing about government. I didn't like it. It wasn't my thing. Uh, so I started looking at, okay, so I'm good with people. I'm a good writer. I'm a good storyteller. What does that leave for me? So when I was at Florida State, that's when I discovered public relations. And I realized that it was this ability to tell people's stories and help amplify people's stories. So I leaned into that, loved it. I loved everything I was learning, even though it was super high level at that point, I I loved it. Uh, so I majored in, in public relations. I graduated, I came home and, um, I tried really hard, you know, to get to get a job at a PR firm here in Boston. I had a great internship in Florida. Um, I was working for the Florida Governor's Alliance for the Advancement of People with Disabilities. And I was in their marketing department. and I thought, for sure, I have this advantage now. It's going to help me when I go home. Uh, but every PR firm that I interviewed at just said no. You know, they said you don't have enough experience, and I that's, I remember being you know 22 and saying, "Well, how do I get experience in a PR firm if no PR firm?" That's well,
0: the loss, Kim. Uh,
1: it, it, it really it get the story gets better, and I, hate, I sometimes I feel bad telling it because I'm not trying to 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 put anything in a bad light, but the reality is is I didn't get a job for a year and a half because I was I I wanted a PR firm, I wanted PR, and nobody would give me that opportunity the whole time i'm bartending right and i'm meeting people and i'm making connections and i'm doing all of these things trying to get a job and it was like a struggle after about a year and a half somebody i worked with uh their friend was over at a real estate developer they needed a marketing admin at that point i said i i guess i just have to take anything right which is again a, a mentality that existed for our generation, and I'm glad, hopefully, that our students don't ever have to feel that way, um, so I took an entry-level job, and I had a great boss, um, you know, he was awesome, uh, but the the job itself just was really, it was unfulfilling. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was making money. I was still bartending on the side, which, you know, back then, my salary, my entry-level salary was twenty-four thousand dollars a year, which is crazy. <laughs> and I'm making a thousand dollars a week bartending. Nothing added yeah. up really. And yeah. I, kept, you know, and I was in that you know twenty-four-ish age range after about a year or so working at the at the real estate development firm. And again, I was i I wasn't I wasn't carrying out what I knew I could do or what I wanted to do. Um, I had an uncle who was the Dean of a small college in Illinois who had told me upon graduating high school, you won't get anywhere without a master's. So it felt like the right time, you know, I'd gotten, again, I'd gotten, now I had, okay, I've got, now I've got years of experience. I'm going to take my education to the next level. So I left the real estate firm. I went to grad school full-time at Emerson college. They had just launched the integrated marketing communication. Program So we were one of the first ones that were in it at that school. And I did that full time while still bartending full time at night. And I loved it. You know, again, I loved school. You know, if I could go back to school one more time to get a Ph.D., which I realized would make me a glorified librarian. But it's (laughs) something about learning. And I loved grad school so much and I did so well at it. You know, I was maybe a B student before grad school. I'm a straight A. I'm getting it, I'm following it, I'm loving it. Well, you so were more like,
0: you you knew what you wanted, you were more mature, older, ready for it. Timing is everything.
1: Yeah. And, and, and what and, you, and, you were studying
0: the, was right in your wheelhouse.
1: It was. And the and the interesting thing was with through the IMC program, you know, where I was so trained in PR, they taught me other aspects of marketing like sales and branding. And you know, digital was just starting to kind of be a thing. And and so I really felt like, okay, I have this nucleus of knowledge and expertise. And now I'm just making everything bigger. Um, while I was there uh in consumer behavior, I was in a group project with Irini Marcos, uh who's a who's a, yes, a yeah. Suffolk, yes. Yep, yep. So we went to grad school together.
0: Wow.
1: Same thing, graduated grad school, and I'm thinking. I am so hireable now. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've got it all. And just the same thing, I went back to every PR firm because I just knew that that's what I was good at. And they all told me, no, they just said, you don't have any PR firm experience. And it was just this hamster wheel where I would feel so good. And in an instance, feel like I knew nothing.
0: you, You were so good, they just didn't know it. And also that it points out two things like you tell a great um and you said you're, you're good at storytelling clearly um the importance of that educational journey but then also some of the dysfunction in the hiring process their inability to detect talent and I think I've seen that my whole career and and you're pointing out you as a as a perfect example
1: yeah and it, and it, I wish I could say it ended there too but it didn't um so I came out of school and I couldn't get, you know, again, I couldn't get a job. So I said to myself, well, I have these skills now. What can I do? So I volunteered to help with the PR for um, Special Olympics, was doing a jingle bell run um, up near me. And I said, I need to just do what I love to do. And I'll do it for anybody that will allow me to do it. So I volunteered and I did that. While I was there, I met somebody who had just started a digital marketing firm, which again, we're talking about 2004, 2005 it was so new you know to build a website it was like $125,000 there was no content management systems there was no wordpress there was no wix um but it was at least a step in the right direction it was a small startup uh and i worked there and i learned a lot about websites email as that started to grow i really like i started to to understand that aspect so while i wasn't doing pr I was still doing marketing and I really liked it, but again, I was still missing something. I, I still felt like I'm getting by, not thriving. You do you know what I mean? Like I, I know just, exactly what you mean. It, it, and and I kept and so I kept trying the whole time. I I I was working there. I kept trying. I went to every PR firm. I mean, at that point, I'd had years of experience. I knew things that publicists didn't know because I'd been working in digital marketing. So I knew how to design a website. Did I know how to build one? No, I didn't know how to code, but I understood how they worked. I understood the Internet. I understood all of those things. I'm thinking I'm going to get plucked this time around. Nothing. Same thing. No PR firm experience met no job instinct didn't matter portfolio didn't matter because i built at that point i mean we didn't have you know the internet was new i had a binder like this thick like one of those three ring binders i put all of my work in it and i would carry it around like an eager Marketer just holding yep. it and expecting to drop it on somebody's desk.
0: You, you didn't talk to where I the places I was working, Kim. I didn't <laughs> know you then, but I would have detected the talent right away and said hire her. Yeah.
1: And, and i that was really like i it was it was it was so disheartening. And I tell this this story to students to try to explain to them that it doesn't have to be that way. I just I was very disheartened. So finally one day I said, all right, if they're not going to do it, I'm just going to do it which was really scary. But I just, one day I left the the digital marketing firm and I decided to go out on my own and start my own PR firm, which was really hard because not working in a PR firm, I didn't have those media contacts. I was starting from scratch and then the media didn't know who I was, but I was determined at that point. I just said, I'm getting, there, there's blockage in where I want to go. So when you can't go through a door, you go through a window. So I started Ring Communications um, and the first few years, it was just me trying to figure out how to build up clientele, how to, to prove to the media who'd never gotten a pitch from me really before that I was qualified to do it. Um, and the way that I did that was at that point social media we're going back to 2007 8 you know that had started to kind of come around and I I understood it because I worked at the digital marketing firm so I leveraged it and I would go on Twitter during Bruins games and Red Sox games and I would go on Twitter almost all the time because that's where the media was they they took to Twitter very very early on and just started connecting with people organically you know making these connections and talking to people and then they kind of started to know my name problem was it was also 2008 was also a recession i started running communications in 2007. Um, so as i was doing that i still needed you know to form some kind of income other than the bar i was trying to build clients i knew that was going to take time Mm -hmm. Um, and same thing. I hit the road with again now with even more experience and all of these things and I interviewed it I when I tell you I've interviewed probably every PR firm in Boston with the exception of a few handful maybe. Um, and the same thing I still wow. and at that point I didn't have a car so I just remember like walking to the train station, walking from the train to this PR firm or this PR firm and still kept getting told no
0: pounding the pavement. This exactly. is a story in, in ambition, and determination, in entrepreneurship. I mean, it, 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 amazing case study. And, and, you know, the rest is history, as they say, Kim. It is.
1: It is. Because, I, you know, and, and, it, and it, I tell the students this, too. It probably, I didn't get my first real, real, real client. I did a lot of free work. But I was willing to do the free work at that point. I was yeah. willing to do any free work for any clients that would let me at least build up a portfolio. So you hustled, I I kept that. I said, all right, fine. I kept getting discouraged, but I would say, all right, got to keep going. You can't can't take 12 steps back. You got to take 12 steps forward. So I kept going, I kept going. I did a ton of free work and in that free work, uh, I got my first big client who took a chance on me. They were a restaurant group in Boston and they stayed my client until the pandemic shut everybody down. And so I I started building slowly, Um, you know, I had two clients and I was like, okay, I'm I'm, you know, the main form of income was still the bar. But I was like, okay, companies take five to six years to take off. I'm on the right track. Keep your head up. Keep going. While I was doing that, a friend of mine was working at Staples and she had two little girls. Uh, My very best friend and her quality of life was was starting to go down because she was spending, you know, an hour and a half commuting in hour and a half commuting out. You know, she was getting home. Her daughters were in bed and it was, you know, she started to feel the weight of that. And so one day she came to me and said, I'm going to leave Staples and I'm going to help you build Ring Communications which was great because at at that point I said, okay, I have have help now and I have help from somebody who knows me, knows what I'm trying to do, believes in me. Uh, So we kind of joined forces and we started thinking and we, you know, we did the whole like, okay, who can we ask for business kind of thing? Um, And it's it's a really great story. Um, He's a polarizing figure by all means, but uh, she grew up in the same small town in Maine as UFC president Dana White. Wow, bringing the UFC back to Boston for the first time in like five years or something, um, and he had said to her like, "What are you up to these days? Where are you working?" And she said, "I'm helping my friend," and and that was in August of 2013. I remember. Um, so yeah, it's ten years, ten years ago this summer, and he said, "You know what? I'll throw you guys some work. I'll give you a shot." And it was that shot that really put me on the map like he really he gave me the opportunity to prove that I knew what I was doing and I delivered and he says that all the time which is the most important thing I didn't we didn't take advantage of the opportunity because it was a friend of a friend I was given the opportunity to prove myself she and I showed up we worked super hard and then that opened the door going forward I've been working with the UFC since that day But by working with a global, well-known brand, he then and his entire team then opened up doors because Mm -hmm. people saw that I worked with the UFC. So if the Gronkowski brothers needed something, my name would get thrown in or Mm -hmm. Pedro needed something. So that door ended up opening a ton of doors. And from 2013 on is really when Ring Communications took off.
0: So many observations, great story, amazing story, very inspirational story. I think I knew you through Twitter back in the day. You know, it's funny when we started teaching, when I started teaching at Suffolk and recognized that you were teaching, I said, I know her, I don't know if I've told you this, but I know it was from Twitter back in the day because I was very active on Twitter from the very beginning. And I remember your presence. I don't think we ever connected, again, until we worked at at Suffolk. But I saw a lot of people from the Boston area and knew pretty much who were the um, the players on social media and PR. I've been in the marketing industry forever, about 20 years longer than you. So I had the 20 years before the internet and then watched the emergence of the internet. You kind of started right at the emergence of the internet. but But I remember you at the emergence of the internet on on Twitter. So um, it's funny. Now, we work together as colleagues at at Suffolk. Also, the sports connection. I have seen, you and I, again, haven't had these kind of conversations. We we chat and we've done a little bit of work together, but not deep conversation. I didn't know all of this story I did know you were involved in sports quite a bit with sports uh, PR, sports marketing, and now you're explaining it was the UFC thing. And I, I do notice that you know quite a few people in Boston that are pretty well connected. And that's important, isn't it, knowing the right people?
1: It is. I mean, you know, one, all I tell the students this all the time, right? One person can give you an opportunity that changes the trajectory of your future. So that's why it's important to have a big network because if one person can make that happen, imagine if a bunch of people can make that happen. Um so it's been awesome because I've I really have. I've built, you know, my network over the years and it's funny because in 7 years ago, um when you talk about your network, I got a message from Irini who I went to grad school with on LinkedIn, who was teaching at Suffolk and said, mm-hmm. hey, we've noticed that you you are an early adopter of social media. We're looking for somebody to teach. Would you ever teach a class? And so a network, a connection I made in grad school is what brought me to Suffolk, which is where my path has kind of shifted. I still do PR very lightly, but I started finding my real purpose, teaching, because I was able to, I felt like, and I still feel like, I can change the path for so many students so that they don't have to go through what I went through, which is why I'm so diligent about giving them experience, putting them in front of clients, giving them opportunities. And while PR is still my trade, and I'm still good at it. I still do it, but there's so much more behind what I'm doing at Suffolk now. And I and I owe that to Arini. And I tell Arini that all the time. You know, I say I everything I have at Suffolk right now is because of you. And and I t- tell the students that. That's why it's important to make those connections and and build your network and make sure you have good relationships because it's those relationships that will help you figure out who you are and where you're supposed to be.
0: Two things I hear distinctly, and I was trying to jot them down, but I can go back and replay this and I might quote you on social media or, or clip some of these highlights. And number one, I want Irene to hear what you're saying about her high praise. And and um she absolutely it shows has uh gave you the opportunity and rightly so. Um so good for her and and good for you taking advantage of that opportunity. The lesson you're teaching students, I didn't get down the whole quote, but I can go back again, but that you can change the path of of their lives so that they can learn almost from not, with lessons you learn the hard way. They, They hopefully won't have to learn those lessons the hard way. They might still have to, you know, they have to realize there's a few bumps and bruises. It's not necessarily a straight and narrow upwards trajectory for everybody. But if they learn from professors, role models, inspiring people like you, Kim, they can get there faster, quicker, et cetera.
1: Yeah. And hopefully, you know, and and I think our gen being raised by the generation we were raised by, right? My my parents were older. Um, you know, it was kind of keep your head down, hustle, take what you can get, yeah, don't complain yeah. too much, don't do anything like that. And and I'm I'm glad our students think a little bit differently um, than than we did, because I think that's kind of just how I was. I was taking everything. You told me no at a PR firm. Fine, fine. But then it was until I took the, the power myself and said, all right, this isn't working for me. I can change my own path. So I think that we are we play a crucial role in them having the confidence to be able to do that we i was never given that confidence you know it was always like oh you didn't get it oh well you weren't ready or oh well and and i'm hoping that this next generation doesn't have to feel that way you have the power you have the strength you have the ability to build the future you want not take what what is handed to you yeah that makes any sense
0: totally and if you feel that way i i like to double down on on that feeling Um, because I had it and then some and it's a lot of what I talk about in my book that, you know, back in the day, I like you say, thought um, you know, you I didn't have that self-confidence and didn't believe and and actually didn't see anyone giving me breaks or um mentoring me and saying, Hey, um, here's somebody, you know, I want to introduce you to and they have a great job for you. It just did not happen that way. I had to scratch and claw and and learn the hard way in different ways than you, but the same um, experience that it wasn't mm-hmm. easy. And if we as professors can show them the way um, and also instill in them that confidence that that self-esteem that hopefully, you know, it, it's a good feeling to know you're mm-hmm. making a difference in, in the next generation. Can I we have limited time, so I want to make sure we cover Touch some of the most important bases. You've already mentioned Suffolk University and Suffolk, you know, you finding your calling and I have similar feelings about teaching, but but this is about you today, Kim. I wanna hear you um, share what you mean by that. I can relate. Um, it's a very fulfilling, rewarding experience to be in front of students, have them listening to us and, and knowing we can make a difference in, them, in their lives. Can you expand on that, what you mean by you found your calling?
1: Yeah, you know, I it, it really, you know, I, I think about the first class I taught and I I loved it. Like I felt, again, because I always liked school, I felt like I was learning alongside of them. I felt like I was, you know, getting better and I, and I could see results, like of course I can see results. If I pitch a news story and it gets in the news, that's great. Somebody gets richer, great. But for that, it was different. I could see the direct results of what I was instilling in these these students. I could see them exceeding. I could see them feeling better about themselves. I, I hired one of my first students seven years ago. She was with me through the pandemic. She was with me forever. And I I started kind of doing that. I would see these exceptional students that were looking for jobs. And I would say, when they graduated, do you want to come work over at my firm? And over the years, I hired so many Suffolk students, you know, and I because I could see the direct result of of what they were learning and what they were experiencing. And I felt that close to them. I I could have hired them all. I would have hired (laughs) them all, you know what I mean? But but I couldn't. And I think that was always frustrating, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to give all of them an opportunity. So that made me realize that while PR is a a job, teaching was my passion because of the students. It became all about the students. The challenge every day wasn't putting money in my bank account or getting the next client. It was having the majority of students at the end of a semester say, I really learned something, this was a great class. This is the, you know, thank you. I feel very prepared. And and the more that filled my soul, the more I gravitated towards it. I like became almost like I, I'm hungry for it.
0: Yeah, I, you I, fed I'm, off of it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's how you and I are very similar is that I always say it's not over till it's over. You know, I, I give my everything to every semester <laughs> because I want every student at the end of it to feel smarter, stronger, happier, bolder and and that's that 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 fuels my
0: fire i i'd like to see us together someday in the classroom what we're, we're going to be and we have been close nearby yeah. <laughs> i can feel the energy um but between the two of us yeah we we would make a dynamic duo we would um, yeah. if i do say so myself um um you know i agree that energy it ain't over till it's over um inspiring them we get Is much out of it, maybe more than than they do. Although we want them to get, you know, more. um, That's what we're there for. It's our passion, but um, it's our obligation, our responsibility to Mm -hmm. make sure they're leaving our classroom with everything they need and more um, to succeed. What what about teaching in terms of the subjects that you teach? What besides inspiring them to be great? professionals great human beings are there anything is there anything specific you teach that you like to focus on and you think is most important to them in terms of subject matter
1: it depends on it so it depends on the student right so a lot of I only started recently teaching the earlier classes I was always you know the very um Topic specific. So social media marketing was the first class I took, uh, taught. And then they started adding, you know, digital marketing fundamentals and integrated marketing. So those classes are unique because I feel as though I'm I'm giving them portfolio work and tactical skills. It's not theory, it's practice, right? So, So I feel very strongly about when my students take those classes, they're going to have work to show an employer they're gonna know how to do these things and that. As I started teaching the younger students, the freshmen coming in or early, early in their career, it wasn't so much the subject matter. I mean, it is a little bit, but it was more, hopefully I was teaching them kind of some life skills that would help them succeed in their other classes. You know, you and I teach the same class and they're not all marketing majors. Some of them are finance majors, but we're the first impression that they get. So if they leave our class feeling like, wow, I, I think I could be a good student. Wow. I really liked learning. Wow. I really like Suffolk. Or I've had some students say, because of you, I really liked marketing. The goals with those classes are different. And I think while I, I can, I love teaching social media. I love teaching digital. I also love teaching those because they have to keep me on my toes because everything changes. So yes, yes. I find myself always staying on top of my own craft. Again, there's something to be said about these younger students that if you can take a 17 year old or an 18 year old and make them enjoy their time in a classroom, that's, really the the core of what whatever i teach that's the core the the skill set the knowledge that wraps around but the core is can i get these students to want to learn to enjoy learning yeah. to want to work hard to believe that they have the ability to do that
0: that's a win win and and you're right cuz early on in their educational journey if the professor can inspire them Obviously we're there to teach. That's our responsibility, our obligation. But so so that said, that's a given. If we can inspire them and, and teach them to enjoy what they are learning, they're gonna learn more because they mm-hmm. enjoy it. <laughs> and and they're gonna be, you know, more prepared the more they learn for, for right. the real world. And it's funny how I love hearing everything you're saying. I'm hanging on every word, because again, we have similar approaches. We have I think similar feelings, um, similar, like I say, approaches to, towards teaching. Um, but I'm learning a ton just from listening to you, Kim. And and uh, it's it you're very inspiring. You really are. Thank you're, you. Extremely inspiring. Who inspires you? You can't. I don't think necessarily wake up every day and and say you know, I'm 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 there. I'm I'm on it. Uh, I'm on on top of every single thing. Um, I mean, we all have to be to some degree, but there must be, I think, something or someone, or maybe plural that 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 gets you going that that lights your fire. Um can can you share any either people or resources or anything that where you go yeah. to, to, to fire you up?
1: Yeah, you know, so growing up my dad was like my hero right he was a he was a police officer um he started his own business you know he was a photographer he started his own little like photography business out of our house um he dropped out of high school but at the age of 50 um went back got his diploma wow. went to college um and started you know he he was a, a cambridge cop and in one night he was sitting on a park bench in the middle of the you know, housing um, projects that he used to patrol. And he sat with six kids on a bench and you know, said, I'm tired of locking you kids up. I'm tired of seeing you throw away your futures. Um, if I started a boys and girls club, would you be interested? And with those six kids, he found a basement in a church in Cambridge um, and started the Cambridge Boys and Girls Club, which he then proceeded to grow. You know, we got grants from Tip O'Neill. My mom worked there yes. at one point. um and it really changed the lives of a lot of a lot of kids. And it was this kind of inspiration it always had to me that my dad was able to constantly rebuild and do this stuff. And he was my, you know, he was my biggest fan. Wow, you know, he, he stood in my corner at every point. And when he passed, um, I don't know, it was like, he had a very long and hard illness. And when he passed, it was this rocket fuel, for lack of a better term. I said to myself, I need to go as hard as I can in his honor. And my my mom's honor too, you know, they were such hard workers and they did such a good job. I That was really like my turning point for me. I said, have I really been living and doing everything that I can possibly be doing right now. Am I am I living life to the fullest? Am I giving my career my all? Am I doing all of that? And that inspires me to this day. Every day, I think to myself, the resilience I saw, the dedication I saw, I mean, it wasn't a perfect man, but all of those things that I saw, I need to carry on, all right? I need to have the best life I can, the happiest life I can. I need to give it my all. I need to, you know, be tired at the end of the day because I exert all of my energy and all of my efforts and all of my talents. But really, what inspires me to do that, yes, it's my dad, but what inspires me to do that are our students, you know, we just had graduation on Sunday and I'm having parents come up to me. And say thank you for everything you did for my son. Thank I've I've heard your name so many times. You are amazing, my son, my daughter. That you know they all they talked about was you, and that inspires me to continue living that way because you know life can get hard, you know. And I could easily turn around one morning and say, well, I don't have my dad, and I don't have this, and might as well just you know go back to bed, or you know what, I'm gonna phone it in, in today, but I don't because at the end of the day, there are. 70 something students that need that same rocket fuel.
0: OMG, Kim, Um, that is, you know, your dad um, I know was proud of you while he was alive and he would be even more proud of you to hear that story. I mean, that is an amazing story. Um, And your dad sounds, it sounds like he was a remarkable man. the apple doesn't fall, fall far from the tree you know your mommy and dad um did a great job uh, <laughs> with with you kim and but you you've obviously you're self-made as well you you know you hustled you the school journey the the entrepreneurship and now the teaching wow i'm, yeah. I'm I'm envious. I haven't been to a graduation yet. I have to go to one of them um, to see the students actually, you know, commence the rest of their lives and to meet their parents, et cetera. That must have been very fulfilling for you. I mean, I, 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 I have, it tears my eyes a little, Kim. Um, <laughs> that story was very emotional. I mean, um, you, so <laughs> where do I go from there? professional one we're running out of time I want to respect the hard stop five
1: minutes we got plenty
0: of time um how about any professional resources mentors you might have already mentioned you know Irene of course um in in Suffolk in general but any any other outlets professionally or open question any anything else um that that you know, is part of your life that you want to work into this conversation?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm always going to be really grateful um, for Dana White at the UFC. You know, I mean, he's like I said, he's a very polarizing figure. but, But had I not been given that first opportunity from him and my best friend, Brenda, that I wouldn't be where I am now. And I always tell the students that when you find somebody that sees your worth, sees your talent and believes in your ability enough to invest in it always say thank you always remember that person you may not have a close relationship throughout your life but always remember the people that got you where you are and gave you those first opportunities so i to this day always think about my very first boss at the real estate development firm for always looking out for me and helping me. I always thank my best friend for, you know, bringing me on this journey. I'll always thank the UFC for all of the opportunities that they've given me. And I've kind of kept this system. Uh, I met Martellus Bennett, who was a New England Patriot and started his own, you know, imagination company um, years ago. Um, And we connected at an event and I asked him to come speak at Suffolk because I just he was so inspiring and he had such a unique story that I thought the students would want to hear it. But one of the things I took away from it, I've carried. And he said instead of having one mentor, he has what he calls a bunch of helicopter mentors. So he's got, you know, a couple mentors that are he's super close to, but he also has these resources, right, that he doesn't call every day. Maybe it's once a year he checks in, but he says he keeps these connections kind of hovering around him so that if he has a question about finances or he has a question about this, he's got a bunch of different people to go to. So while I don't know that I necessarily have one mentor now, I have a group of people that I turn to. And that I that I've built connections with and I have these relationships with that keep me going in one way or the other. And I, I've I've carried that helicopter mentality since that day. Um, so I have these people who I may not speak to every once in a while, but if I connect with them once a year, it inspires me. It keeps me going. It fuels me back up. You know, sometimes life can get very hard. Business can get very hard. You start to feel you can feel a little deflated. Um, and if you've got a lot of those people around who, again, see your worth, know what you're about, want to invest in you, they can pump you up when you feel a little bit deflated. So I got a, you know, a, a pocket full of those. Um, my husband has been amazing. You know, he's so supportive of everything I do. Um, you know, when work started to, you know, kind of become, you know, when the life work balance started to become a little much, you know, he said, maybe it's time. To lean out of ring communications a little bit and lean into, you know, teaching because it's yep. what it's where your passion is. It's yep. where your heart is.
0: Hey, one last question. Um, sure. awesome and 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 kudos uh, to all those people who are your your helicopter resources and your husband and uh, we need that circle of support. Um, Suffolk in the hub. It's it's right there behind you. I I can't end this conversation without. Um, giving a shout out to Suffolk in the hub, but you you tell our audience what it is and, and I'm watching the clock, but you tell me when you have sure. to, to go. Cause I'll, um, I'll, I'll go, you know, as long as you have time for Suffolk in no. the hub. What's that all about?
1: Very similar to how I started my, um, my agency, uh, teaching students and hearing them over and over and over again saying, no one will give me an internship. No one will give me experience. I'm scared about getting a job. I kind of just did the same thing. I said, well, what if we started a student run agency? I mean, there's no reason I can't do what Ring Communications does, but teach all of these students how to do it. So I threw the idea out there to them and said, what do you guys think about starting a student run agency? I'd seen similar models, not completely the same at BU, um, Emerson, that that they they had similar but not even close to, to what i thought that they could be um so i threw it out to students and then the next thing i knew within a few months it was up and running and we kind of just went with it and we wanted to see where it would go and so we started it we started with a few clients that we got out of the center for entrepreneurship um and and it's been a year now we're a full service marketing firm we do everything from social media we build landing pages we've designed ads we've done marketing collateral Um, it's really been a place where students can can get that agency experience that isn't offered to every student that wants it so that hopefully what they're learning as part of this pilot agency gives them an advantage as they leave school, so that a PR firm isn't saying you don't have agency experience. They do have agency experience now. Running it exactly like you and I run our businesses, I'm teaching them how to do that within the school setting. While they're learning all the theory, all of that stuff, they're learning the practice. They're getting in front of clients. They're building portfolio work. So we operate like a regular agency. We just do it in Suffolk.
0: Yeah, that's phenomenal. It's a great opportunity for them. And, and another example of, of you uh being so determined and and just making things happen. Kim, you should be proud of yourself. And and I'm extremely uh fortunate to know you uh as a friend, first and foremost, as a colleague, and and now a guest on my podcast. So other people can get to know you and um how can they reach out to you if they want to? you know, touch base with you, or we'll ask you questions, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I'm so available. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. My email's up there in the corner. I'm, yep. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a message away. That's what I tell anybody. Um, I do my best to try to get back to everybody that emails me. I try to give anybody that asks for five minutes, five minutes, which, you know, fills up my calendar a little bit. Um, But, but anybody who wants to reach out to me can either email me directly or follow me on social. And before we go I do want to just say one thing Bob you know. Yeah, please praising me this whole time but but you're so similar. And I'm so grateful for your friendship and I'm so grateful for the support that you've given not only me but we share a lot of the same students and to have my students our students but to have students in my classroom mention your name and feel just as supported outside of my classroom as they do in other classrooms that's the key you know and I just want to thank you for that
0: thank you thank you for saying that um yeah I mean again I'm a lot of what you're saying I can totally relate to and feel I I feel myself but there's only one you Kim (laughs) and and you know again i thank you for saying that i really really appreciate it I, I the students are awesome i love teaching um and like you i feel i i have found my calling and that's thanks to suffolk university and the couple uh, other places i teach as well um but kim amazing story and i will be sharing this uh as soon as possible on youtube and social media and elsewhere I want to thank you. Is there anything else you want to say as before we say goodbye to our audience?
1: No, you know what? The only thing I want to say, Bob, is I hope you have a ridiculously <laughs> awesome weekend.
0: <laughs> Kim is referring to, um, yeah, I hope you have a ridiculously awesome weekend too. Tim, I don't have the t-shirt on for anyone who's seeing this on video, but yeah, that's kind of my catchphrase. And people uh I don't know if they're making making fun of it or or just No, <laughs> I think. <it's- laughs>
1: It's a good catchphrase. It's there I mean, you it, go. It, it's perfect, you know. And it, it was when you said that it was the first thing that popped into my head. I'm <laughs> like, I hope he has the most ridiculously awesome weekend because you deserve it.
0: Thank you, Kim. You deserve it too, and I plan to. It's gonna be and it's gonna be ridiculously awesome weather <laughs> in the Boston area. Um, so I plan to uh, have have that ridiculously awesome weekend. Um, hey, she is Kim Ring, and and this is Bob Cargill. Bob Cargill's Marketing Show, and to anybody watching and listening, you know, you might be watching and listening after the ridiculously awesome weekend. Kim has, I have, and I hope you all have. Um, But let's just say I hope life is ridiculously awesome for all of you. And I thank all of you for, for listening and watching to Bob Cargill's marketing show. This has been episode 173. I have been talking to Kim Ring, and and we we both uh, thank you for paying attention to what we have to say. And, and Kim Kim Ring's story is 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 hard not to pay attention to. Very inspirational, very motivational. And thank you once again, Kim, for being my guest today.
1: Thank you for having me. This was great.
0: Thanks everybody. And we will I will talk to you uh, again in in the near future. Thanks everybody. Bye bye.